This week's feature Reddit post is mortgage paid off. Spouts wants a bigger house. I want to save for retirement. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor, and this is the Reddit edition of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. From this week's current top post, we're looking at mortgage paid off, a spouse wants a bigger house, I want to save for retirement. So this is a dilemma I think a lot of people would have, either they've encountered or they are going to encounter. I find in my experience in real estate, there's only, you're only heading in two directions. You're never, the house you have tends to never be, it's either a house, you want a better house or you want a bigger house or you want a smaller house. Uh, people tend to move, I'm going to say on average every eight to 10 years. If I went, looked in my neighborhood, I'm the exception. I've been in my house for 24 years, but a lot of people, they, they're either upsizing or downsizing, but people tend to, um, you know, there's this concept out there and I'm just going to just go on a tangent a bit. A lot of people are searching for their forever home. And have you ever heard that Courtney forever home? Yeah. Yeah, no, I have. And I'm going to say now I'm in my mid fifties. There is a no forever home. There's a home. Okay. I lived in my home for 24 years over the course of 24 years. It was a house I was struggling to afford at one point. It was a house that was bursting at the seams with a large family. And now it's a house that is got rooms I never go in. It's, it's way too big. So although I've stayed in the house for 24 years and it, that would probably air quotes fit into the, the forever home category, it didn't really meet my, my, it only met my needs for the small window of time. Most of the time it was something it wasn't what I needed. And it, right now it's way too big. It's, it's more house than I need. So it, it still isn't what I need. So I, what I did is I just, um, I made do. I, I just was willing to deal with the inadequacies of, inadequacies of this house over the course of 24 years. And there's this little window of time, I'm going to say seven years, just a number, where this was the perfect house. And the rest of the time it was, it was something I was going to grow into or something I'm growing out of. So there's a lot to unpack uh, just with what you said. And I want to circle back around to that to, to kind of follow up um, with some questions, because like you said, you were in a similar situation. But before we jump into that, just to provide everyone listening with an overview of what you can look forward to in this show. If you're returning from season one of Simple Money Solutions, this is the Reddit edition where we look at top posts from the personal finance Canada subreddit. You don't have to be familiar with Reddit. You don't have to have ever stepped foot on onto Reddit to really appreciate the content that we're going to be putting forward in, in this Reddit edition of Simple Money Solutions. Every week you can look forward to us running through the same four segments where we look at one post in particular. The segments are the rundown, the link, the upvote, and the solution. So Trevor, before I read the post, I, I did want to circle back around to a question I had for you. And I mean, I, I may be tangenting a little when I ask this, but why do you think that individuals will cultivate this emotional attachment to their house in, in with respect to, to them feeling like it's their dream house? In our society, there's no place you spend more time than in your home. And I like to call it a home rather than a house. If you, if you do it right, it's a home. It's not a house. A house is a building. 
made of, you know, brick and mortar and wood. Uh, a home is somewhere you, you create an inviting uh, a place where you feel safe and secure. So I like to call it a home. People are emotionally attached to their homes because it represents, in our society, it often represents uh, where you fit in the economic class in our society. It is, it, for instance, I'll say a car. Anyone can go out and buy a car. You can get a lease. It, you can drive a really fancy car for not much money. And so long as you're willing to make payments for the rest of your life, dealerships can get you in cars easily. So, But a house tends to still be that that financial status symbol that a lot of people attach themselves to. And it, a lot of people look at it as a rite of passage into adulthood, you know, owning a house. It's it's the Canadian dream to own a home. So I think there's a, an emotional attachment to the home for, th- there's a couple of reasons. The, the economic status that people attach to it and a place where you can be safe and secure with you and your family. Those are the two things. And it's hard to treat that. A lot of people talk about a house or a home as an investment, and it is. But I think you need to look at it more. Like houses are bought with emotion. They're not bought with... I'm currently looking to downsize. So I've been looking at a few houses. And I can look at the houses and the room sizes and all the taxes and all the other things. But when I walk into that house to for the first time to view it, you've heard this term, it speaks to you. You know, there's this emotion. You, you, you can instantly figure out, okay, I could see myself living here or I couldn't. And the, the more time you spend looking at the house, you either get more of that feeling or that feeling starts to go away. And that's how I buy houses. And I haven't bought a house in 24 years. I hope that still works, but that's what I've been using. So we'll be circling back around to within the link segment, your kind of experience with with the same similar situation. But before we move on to, to reading the post and, and actually looking at what this individual is, is up against, my question for you is, is that real? Is that is that those considerations when you are buying a home? Is, is that real or looking back now? Could that could you have been living in any house for the past 24, 25 years? You know, a lot of what drives people to buy houses or, you know, move up in houses or move down in houses, it, a lot of it has to do with their children, with their family, the size of their family, the age of their family. That's a lot of the driving factors. So those things, you know, when I say a house speaks to me, when I was looking for the house I live in right now, I had a young family I didn't just picture me living in I pictured my kids growing up in this house and them having their own rooms and, you know, was the kitchen big enough for all of us so their experience would be solid. So uh, all those things, as a parent, you take into consideration through the eyes of your children. No, that makes sense. And you brought up having having children and that's something that's going to definitely intertwine into into today's conversation with the reddit posts that we're focusing on today it's not quite outlined in the post but we will get into the fact that there are there are children considerations involved in this individual's consideration so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into reading that post and we will have that post linked in the show notes as well so you can go check it out after the show and and see this post and see the comments on it as well we are going to go through some of the comments and and just provide a summary of, of where the conversation is at with respect to those but the post um is by um user attitude dismal 
And uh, this is how it goes. So I am 37 and my wife is 36. We will have our mortgage paid off on our townhouse in the next few months. We bought it for 300000 and is now worth 800000 My wife wants to buy a new single detached home, which goes for about $1.4 to $1.5. I want to live mortgage-free and dump money into RRSPs and have a travel budget. Between the two of us, we make 180000 a year. I don't understand how the housing market can keep going higher. Just It just doesn't seem sustainable. Sure, a bigger house would be nice, but taking a $700,000 mortgage for 500 square feet in a yard doesn't seem worth it. Wonder your thoughts. Should I keep riding this crazy housing market or sit back and comfortably invest in the townhouse and invest? So Trevor, let's jump into our first segment, the rundown. So, so this is where we give our feedback about the post and and your opinion just right off the bat is this a good question to be asking well i want to start with the this couple is 37 and 36 years old and they're mortgage free i mean these are not normal people these are exceptional people they they clearly bought a house within their means and paid it off they are 37 and 36 years old and they are mortgage free and they own a property that's worth about $800,000. So if they, if they exited the housing market and, and sold their house for $800,000, their townhouse for $800,000, they're 37 and 36 years old, they have almost a million dollars in cash. Like they, they could liquidate and have a million, oh, $800,000. That is mind-blowing, okay? That, I, I, I just don't want to lose sight of when we're analyzing these people they're not everyday people these are these are go-getters these are aggressive savers they have an excellent income they make $180,000 a year between the two of them that's a great income so these so that's that's number 1 that i think to take consideration i'm guessing they're looking at 1.4 to 1.5 million dollar homes i'm thinking if they're 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 in they're near one of canada's most expensive cities so they're Obviously, we don't know where they're from, but they're either near Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal. Like they're they're in they're near one of maybe I don't know that could be in today's housing market that could be every city in Canada. I don't know, but that they're in an expensive housing market. If a detached home is one point four million to one point five million, yeah, so I mean that's that's, that's that's something we have to take into consideration. That's here. not that's not that's not where I live. You know, I just the average detached home is selling for about nine hundred, eight hundred to nine hundred thousand. So I know they're they're close to one of Canada's most expensive cities. Now it's interesting the comment they made here. They said the the, the one person who wrote this book they're saying it seems crazy to spend seven hundred thousand dollars. That's the difference between what their townhouse would sell for and the detached home would cost for an extra 500 square feet of living space. That's basically, that's my takeaway from the per, this person's math. And that is pretty sound math. I don't disagree with the math, but I think you have to look at this differently in that if you're living in a townhouse and you're moving to a detached home, you, a townhouse, I've lived in a townhouse, you're in a very congested, concentrated your neighbors are right on top of you, living environment. And a de- detached home, obviously you're going to have a little more space, you know, bigger backyard. I, I think you change, it's more than just 500 square feet that you're gaining. 
by going from a townhouse to a detached home. I think you're you're getting you're getting some some boundaries and some space that that you can't just put a uh, tape measure on. It's something you feel and experience. So I disagree with them just doing math on this. There's there's more to it than that. And and I agree with you. Digging through the comments, there's currently 552 comments, but in and doing a little bit of, of digging, I was able to uncover that this couple has two young children. And one of the the reasons that the wife wants to move is to provide a basement space for these their children when they get older to hang out with friends um, in, a, in, a, in a space that's a little bit more secluded from, from the rest of the house. Right now, they just have a living room and the basement, quote unquote basement, is actually the garage and, and landing area right right on the main floor. So they really don't have, other than the bedrooms, each each child does have their own bedroom. But, but other than that, there's no real second living space, which is really where the push to, to move is coming from for this couple. Well, and I've been to, in one of these townhouses and I'll describe it, what it, how it looks because they, they the they just the person who wrote this was described this townhouse to, to somebody in the comments very well. So you you pull up in front of your townhouse. You've got a driveway with a garage. You walk in the front door, and that is the ground. That's the basement of your townhouse. It's basically it, it's it's not a ba- it's not underground, but it's the ground floor of your basement. You go up a full flight of stairs. Like so, what is that? Ten, twelve stairs. Like a a full run of stairs. You get to your living room and your kitchen. And then you go up another whole flight of stairs to get to your bedrooms. So I know somebody that lived in a, in a townhouse like this, and there was only one bathroom in this townhouse. And guess where it was? <laughs> it was up by the bedroom. So if you have little kids and you're playing outside and they got to go to the bathroom, you, you've got to go up a lot of stairs to get to a bathroom. So it, it's, a, it's not a traditional house. So... You, the one thing you'd gain by going to a, I'm going to say a traditional detached home, chances are you'd, you'd have, um, you'd walk into the main floor, be your kitchen and your, your living room. That alone would div- be a different living experience. No, for, for sure. And I think, I mean, think that's a great painted picture and I, you can easily, easily identify some kind of shortfalls to that, that housing layout. But I, I honestly, I really like this question. I think it's a very real question. And I mean, this could be any anyone listening to this could be a situation that, I mean, maybe you're older, maybe you're younger and, and in this situation where you are mortgage free, because that's a huge feat. Trevor, you can speak to that, how big of a feat that is to be mortgage free. And, and I'm sure I can just imagine to be mortgage free and then be in a position where you're not mortgage free after you are. I mean, you have to put some serious thought and consideration in order to make that that leap into the space that you were working so hard to get out of. Well, that's a good point. You know, going from mortgage free and the weight that takes off your shoulders, don't underestimate the weight that it was taking off your shoulders by going mortgage free. And then to get back into a mortgage of $700,000 don't underestimate the weight that's going to put on you and the stress. You know, that, that is a, a very valid consideration that I don't remember seeing much of that in this post. No. And I, 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 I will put in, I guess maybe we'll jump into this later in the show, but I'm going to ask you this now. I mean, I'm sure if you were in this individual's position, you would be hemming and hawing for quite a while before taking that, that back on to your shoulders. Well, one thing to think about is Having a seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage—that's what these people would be signing up for. 
that that affects every aspect of your life. You your job will instantly become more stressful. Your um if you don't like your job, you you your ability to change jobs and maybe take a pay cut it might not be on the table. Your ability to go on vacations, everything would be stressed a little bit. So and if these people got used to being mortgage-free and adapted, it sounds like they probably were just socking the money away from the minute they became mortgage-free. These people don't strike me as big spenders, so I doubt that happened to them. But but I think taking on a $700,000 mortgage would really affect your life more than than you would know. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I want to jump on to, we can circle back to kind of evaluating this post, but I'm really curious to, to jump into our next segment, the link where we reflect on our own personal experiences. And I really want to jump onto the section now just to, just to get your insight and perspective on the situation, because you have been in a similar situation. You have raised a family, you have bought the detached house and you have had that space. So I'm, I'm really, really curious to unpack this based on your personal experiences. So as luck would have it, I used to, when, when me and my wife first got married, we bought a townhouse. <laughs> how, how lucky is this post for me? We bought a townhouse, and, but we weren't as good as these people. We never paid it off. We, we had paid it down quite a bit, but we, we weren't in a position where we were mortgage-free. Um, and we were probably a bit younger. I think we were probably in our late 20s, not mid to late 30s. So, and I was the spouse who said, I want to move to a bigger house, a detached home. I'm the one, I was the, I was the problem, <laughs> but I'm the one that wanted that. And I wanted, as I described, it would be a different living experience. You know, you'd have a, a yard, you'd have boundaries, you'd have um, space. Your, your neighbors wouldn't be right on top of you. So I wanted that and I, I don't regret it. But here's the ironic thing. When I talk about these forever homes, so I am now an empty nester and I, I'm looking to move and I'm looking at buying a townhouse. <laughs> How strange is that? I started in a townhouse and now here I am looking for another townhouse, probably 30, 35 years later. So, but the difference is, and I'm going to say to these people, the townhouse that I bought that I raised my kids in is not the kind of townhouse I'd want to live and retire in. There, there's, there's economy townhouses and there's luxurious townhouses and I'm hoping to move to a luxurious townhouse but the townhouse I'm talking about was an economy townhouse where you know it was just a you know basic roof over your head type of dwelling so I'm guessing that that's what these people are in so they're they're probably wanting to upscale a bit so I was in this and do I have any regrets no I I'm glad we made that move I'm going to, I'm going to stop in your tracks there. I'm, I'm curious before you go on, what was the reason for the move? I know you did transition from a, a job that, um, with a, with a lesser salary to a job with a more, uh, with a greater salary and, and the one that, uh, really supported you in, in achieving those financial or financial goals that you have. And so what was the reason for moving and did, was it related to the change in jobs? So no, it wasn't. This was before I switched jobs. So I still worked at the same company that I, I worked at when I, I uh, bought the townhouse. So we, me and my wife bought a townhouse and then we had twins. How lucky were we? We had <laughs> twins. And so my wife stayed home to, to raise them. Like the math just didn't make sense that, that we, her go out to work and pay for daycare. We couldn't make that math work. So she stayed home and uh, raised the twins and I continued to work. 
I got some promotions and stuff along the way. We were able to afford a bigger home. You know, we weren't running out of space with the twins. We, it was a three-bedroom townhouse. It was a very spacious townhouse. We had lots of room. But I still wanted that detached home. And, you know, I think it was societal pressures that mo- that made me want that. I didn't know anybody that owned a townhouse. Everybody I knew, my parents, my brother, my uncles, my cousins, they all owned detached homes. And I didn't. And I, I just wanted... and. I wanted to move on to to adulthood. That's kind of the mindset I had at the time. Looking back, I was wrong. I mean, I that that place we could have lived there for another ten or fifteen years and been quite happy. So, um, not to let too much out of the, you know, before the show gets to this point, but I I probably could have stayed in that townhouse for a a, a decade and been quite happy there. I'm it's I'm actually really I would say surprised to hear you say that and especially surprised to hear you say that despite or because of the fact that you have met your your financial goals do you think what do you think would have played out differently for you had you stayed there I guess you'd maybe reach um, early financial independence early earlier than you did um, I guess I'm curious to about really why you feel that way regardless despite the fact that you have met those goals do you know when you you could say do you know when you need a bigger place so you know you need a bigger place when your children become the size of adults the minute they become the size of you you need more space and it's it's not physical it is psychological you need more space psychologically when your children become the same size as you when they become adults you it it's it's a weird feeling i don't know how to describe it but everything just took up more space so that is i don't know if that answers your question that it really it's a touchy feely thing i really can't put my finger on exactly what no that makes sense because i i guess i was approaching the question and, and more your your um, verdict on that just just purely with respect to um dollars and cents but it's interesting to hear you say that it's more than dollars and cents. It really roots down to these intangibilities that are still so validly present and, and, and deserve merit. You know, to your question, you know, would I have reached financial independence early in life if I, if I would have stayed in the townhouse? I, I, I'm sure it would have all worked out. Um, you know, I, maybe, just maybe, because I know I had such a small mortgage, I don't go at it as aggressively as I did with a larger mortgage. Maybe I don't make as many sacrifices. Maybe because my kids are living in such a cramped space, I spend more on them on vacations. Who who knows what I do, right? I might I might do something different given the circumstances of living in a smaller home. No, it's interesting to hear you say that. I and I, I don't want to skip to our fourth segment, the solution by any means, but it kind of it's like that saying where you use up as much time as 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 is allotted for a, a single task or you make do with what is there or you find a way to make things work so it, it kind of sounds a little bit like that situation for you so i want to i want to move on to uh the next segment upvote and again we can circle back to um some of the previous segments as things come up but i want to look at the upvote and this is the segments where we look at some of some of the comments and Trevor, I've I've pulled out a few that I wanted to talk about. There was definitely what I find interesting and what I enjoy about these Reddit posts is there's a lot of sometimes the same themes that run through the comments. And 
one that I, I saw, and I'm sure you uh, reflected on as well, was um, this this sense that uh, you could rent your current home and use the rental income to to rent a single home or to purchase another home. So I, I found that really interesting that that kept coming up as as a as a, a topic of conversation, I mean, the the poster did post that he's not looking to be a landlord, and the fact that he actually can't be a landlord given the condo requirements of where he's living. So, I mean, that was not a feasible idea. But it was interesting the fact that this kept coming up as as a way to kind of leverage the situation. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a fan. I think you add a complexity to your life that um, that that you 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 have no idea what you're signing up for, but. One thing you do, just just say you you rent out your house and you use that rental income to rent another place to live. Unless you're, if you're staying in the same housing slash rental market, you know, wh- why do you think you could rent out your townhouse for more than you'd be willing to pay rent to house your family? I got to think it would be a zero-sum game, right? It, you're, you, there'd, be no, there'd be no dollars gained by doing that. If anything, it's going to cost you more because you're actually going to want to rent a bigger home. I just, I can't see where that makes any financial sense. And if anything, it, it you just add some instability to your family because if you're renting a house, you could be evicted. Like the landlord could decide they want to live in that house themselves or sell that house to somebody who wants to live in it at any moment. So all you're doing is introducing risk and uncertainty into your life. So I, I think... Again, if you're just doing math, you might you might come up with a math situation where that makes sense. But I don't think math should be the driver of where you house you and your family. No, I agree with that. And I think a big consideration to just to just when looking at the specific situation is that this this couple is not looking to um, create another income income stream for for their family. They're already um, pulling in 180 k a year. They seem to be doing very well. They're mortgage-free. They're just building equity in that house right now. And I think, I think given the situation, even if, even if it were possible to, to rent out their current townhouse, it just doesn't feel like a, a direction that this couple might want to head in. Um, one of the other comments I really want, I really liked, um, this one's by Animalist Dodgemill. And um, I really liked what was put forward in this. It, uh, they said, really figure out what your long-term goals are. Build your priorities around them. Sometimes people think they want something until they realize that it will actually cost them, especially beyond the money. Early retirement, while, you're, while they're, you're still young, healthy, and able to do things you want to do, or be worried about paying a mortgage for another 25 years and beginning in retirement with potentially poor health and a huge financial burden. So I picked this comment as as one that really struck me because it really, really echoes, I believe, your philosophy, Trevor, that you really take on with respect to, to personal finance and early financial independence. Yeah, I think that's that's important, but you can't lose sight of that. You've, you've got the responsibility, you're raising a family and you're you're responsible for making sure they live in a safe neighborhood, right? You, you, you need to live in a safe. So you, you can't just, you can't just say early financial independence and nothing, you know, everything else comes second. When you have a family, you, you actually come second and your family comes first. So making sure you're in a safe neighborhood, because 
if, if early financial independence was the only goal and it was just pure math, I mean, you could live in some pretty dark neighborhoods and for, for not much money and be building a retirement fund to the people dream about. But I, I just think that, but there's probably something in between taking on a $700,000 mortgage like this person's saying in their post and uh, going all in on financial independence. You know, there's probably, there, there's something in between there, I'm certain. No, I agree with you on that. And I, that does is, that is a really good point. And what I hadn't considered is the realization that it doesn't always chalk up to dollars and cents with respect to where you live, because like you're saying, you do have to take other more intangible aspects into consideration. And I know for you, we've talked about here on the show that, that you transitioned your family to a, a small town that felt safe and not that the previous location you were in did not feel safe, but this one was more conducive to, to a family oriented environment. So that's definitely something that's important that we really can't dismiss. Well, I think I got lucky, actually. I, I'm not going to take full credit for where I ended up. I I came here, so I was looking for a, a, a higher-paying job, and it happened to be in a small southern Ontario town, beach town. And uh, it's actually a beautiful little town, and the job is like a, a dream job. So I, I think like, I, I can't take full credit because I, I had no idea that was going to um, work out that way. So I, I can't take full credit for, but it, my, the community I was moving to with a family, you know, I, I did weigh that because one of the places I was looking at moving in, I'm not going to speak negative about the city of Vancouver, but Vancouver was an option for me at the time. And the cost of living in Vancouver would have put me in a neighborhood that I wasn't so happy with. And the cost of living where I am now would have put me in a neighborhood that I, I could have never dreamed of living in. So I, I did take my family into consideration in, in making that that real estate move. And you raised a really good point. And it's something that came to mind when I was reviewing this post was the fact that location plays such a big role. And of, of course, in this specific circumstance, this couple is obviously making the money that they're making in, in the place that they're located. So moving to a, uh, a new town or city that where it costs less to live is is something that we can't put forward to suggest. But I like that the fact that you brought that up for your your personal decision making because you chose not to relocate to an area that was that was more expensive to live there. So I think it's an important consideration and one that I, I almost want to say with respect to this specific post, but it realistically does not is not one that can be said due to the fact that their income and, and their job is, is where they are. Like these people could move to where I live and buy a detached home for eight to nine hundred thousand dollars, that would house uh, a family of six, quite comfortably. But I'm guessing the commute would kill them. Yeah, that's that's the consideration. And I think if 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 there wasn't, I don't know about you, Trevor, but if if they did not put the their income level if, if that wasn't a notable factor that might be something I would include in in our solution segment is relocate because 1.4 to 1.5 for a detached home just seems ridiculous and I I say that with a grain of salt because this housing market right now is a little off the wall to begin with 
So I, I want to jump down to our final segment of the show, the solution. And the solution, as it as it sounds like, is our practical takeaways from from this post. Um, so Trevor, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to hear given given your personal experience and circumstances and, and, and just considering the situation this couple's in, where's your head at in terms of the advice that you'd provide to to this couple trying to make this decision? So I'm going to take, there's two people here and one person wants to save like crazy for retirement and the other person has, uh, wants a nice home. And so they, they want two different things, but actually they want the same thing in a kind of a way. So by investing in real estate, you, you put yourself in a position that you could downsize when you're ready to retire and pull some money out of real estate that you would would help fund your retirement. So, just say they they took on seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage and they 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 got that detached home, and they raised their kids and their kids moved on and now they're empty nesters and they want to downsize. Well, they could they could sell that detached home and move back to a townhouse, and and pull some money out of that real estate investment, and put that into their funding their retirement. So, in a way, you kind of could have both. And something I'm going to say here is not all real estate goes up at the same rate. And I don't know where, what townhouses do where this person lives, but where I live, townhouses don't go up as quickly or as, as, as fast or at the at a same percentage as detached homes. Where I live, detached homes increase in value. They appreciate in value at a faster rate than unconventional homes like a townhouse or a condo. So that's a consideration. So by jumping into de- the detached home market, this, the, you you could actually be building wealth at a faster rate than you're currently building wealth in a townhouse. So that is a consideration. Also, I, I go back to my thing where there's this is, this is not math. You, this is somebody who wants a detached house living home experience. And you're, they're not currently getting it in a townhouse. Um, I'm saying you c- kind of can both have what you want by buying the detached home. And I, okay, so I've been here and that's what I did. Now, I didn't do it in an insane housing market like right now, but it, it was still an expensive move. The one thing I'm, I, a little thing I could say, I, I'm, not, I'm not terrible at pre- financial predictions, as it turns out, but. I would say I believe this market's going to cool off, this housing market. And when it cools off, sure, your townhouse is going to go down in value, but I think that detached home might go down more in value than your townhouse as a percentage basis. So I'm saying if if it were me, I don't know that, okay, I want to move too, but I'm not moving in this crazy housing market. Actually, I'm moving, I'm downsizing, so I should move in this crazy housing market because I could cash in on my detached home and buy into a townhouse, and I think I would actually gain because the market value of a detached home is so high right now where I live. That for me, it makes it would make sense to, to downsize in this crazy market. But to upsize in this crazy market, I might wait six months, maybe a year, to see if this market cools off or even has a bit of a lull, like a drop. And that might be the time for you to make your move. And also, if there's a recession, if the market... If, if everything collapses, there's going to be people who are 
have they, they're going to have to give their houses away because they lost their jobs. I'm exaggerating when I say give their houses away. There's going to be a fire sale on houses if there's a recession and these people who are mortgage free if they if they save up they, they could be in a position where they could own they could go out and buy uh, their their next home and then sell their f- current home after the fact. You know, you they, they could afford to have a mortgage. So I'm saying they have a lot of options because they put themselves in such a great situation. But I would, for me, I, w- I would give it a year. I'd wait to see if this market cools off. If it doesn't, I don't think you're going to lose a lot of ground, but you could gain some ground if the economy goes into a recession. So ultimately, you think it is worth taking on another mortgage to have that detached home experience? If it's, if it's as important to the spouse as it sounds, then uh, I, I think, I, think it's, I did it and I don't regret it. So I, I think it's probably, and again, there's there's no such thing as a forever home. So you might you might think your townhouse is your forever home, but I guarantee you, when you are, when you're in your sixties, all the stairs that they described that that that's not going to be that's no good. That's not going to work. You you can't be climbing those stairs to go to bed or bring your groceries in, or get your laundry from your ground floor to your bedrooms. Those stairs aren't going to work. So that townhouse at some point isn't going to be. A place you want to live anyway. So you might as well make make that move at, at some point. So so if, if you're making it at some point, why not make it now? Or in, in a year from now, if the market does cool off? Yeah, well, I'd do it now. Okay, it, well, why not? Now is as good as any time. But if you, if you wanted to wait and, and just delay this thing to see if the market cools off, I mean, I can't see it getting any hotter. <laughs> it's got, something's got to give... House prices are outstreaming, outstripping income by a dramatic percent. Like, if you look at how much wages go up every year, I'll say the rate of inflation. If you're lucky, house prices are going up. If inflation's five percent, houses are going up by twenty percent a year. So, this this is unsustainable. What's currently happening? So it has to. It has something has to give. Something has to change. You know, a sharp increase in interest rates would take a whole bunch of people out of the housing market overnight. So all those people bidding on those houses, you, you interest rates, if interest jumped up to like 7%, I mean, we've got a long way to go to 7%, but if we ever get to like 7%, there's a whole bunch of people who can't afford to carry these houses at these prices. So if the number, if the demand for houses goes down because you've, took, you've taken a whole bunch of people, potential buyers out of the housing market with an increase in interest rates, then the prices have to come down if you want to sell that same house. To, to get those people who can't currently afford it at 1.5 million to a price they can't afford it at the given interest rate. So something has to give at some point. I, I like that takeaway solution. And, and on that note, that will bring us the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to be one of our next featured posts, leave your question in the subreddit at Personal Finance Canada and include Ask SMS sms for simple money solutions in your post that we can find it and 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 address it in one of our future upcoming shows you can find us on social media we'll have the links in our show notes thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait to have you back with us next week